Okay, I, I have a question for everybody. Mm-hmm. In the song "I Miss You" by Blink One Eighty Two, do you do you know this one? No, no the one that not. starts like "Hello there, the angel from my nightmare." You know this one, right? No, I, I know no. the "Hello there" part. Hello there. So shortly after that, he, he uh, the singer Mark Hoppus uh, says, "We can live like Jack and Sally if we want." Which is a reference to Nightmare Before Christmas, correct? Okay. Right? Okay. Yes. There's probably a lot of Jack and Sally's over history. I'm just No, well, then he says, where you can always find me and we'll have Halloween on Christmas, which I think we know for okay. sure. Okay. Now. Okay. That, that okay. Explicit. okay. All right. Okay. So. Okay, Mark. I watched this movie like three times in the last week because this is now sure. my son's favorite film. See, we can't make it to Oogie Boogie. We get to Oogie Boogie, and my kid's like, actually, check, please. I don't. I can't <laughs> uh, interact see, with this. Mosey, he covers our eyes. He's like, this is too much mm, for you. Yeah. Uh, but the problem that I realized, Jack and Sally basically know Spark at all until mm, the yeah, very final second. Literally, Jack is like, he's done his whole thing, and then Sally like drifts off, and he's like, hey, do you think she's into me? And that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Where Not is Spark Hoppus getting chemistry there yeah like this is not an aspirational couple goal do you think it's because when he sings he's an entirely different human oh interesting okay now for people that aren't aware danny elfman does the singing in nightmare for christmas but some random other actor does incorrect talking incorrect not some random other actor you're talking about west virginia's own chris sarandon (laughs) <laughs> All right, that's how you know Jack Skellington can fucking party because he's a West Virginia boy. When he's 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 got a whole you know the huge stack of pepperoni rolls that you always see in his kitchen. Mm-hmm. He's West Virginia through and through, baby. Believe Is it true gold. that they hired him originally to do the acting and the singing, but every time he tried to sing, he could only sing Country Road? That is absolutely true. You are. Really a movie buff, Chris. <laughs> it, makes, it makes karaoke very difficult for me and Justin. <laughs> you know that Danny Elfman was mad about that because he wanted to do the talking parts. Yeah, he would have fucking crushed it. Which is like, well, no, it's fucking typical New York types wanting to take jobs from West Virginians. What do you mean by <laughs> New York types, the- Justin? <laughs> what? New York types always rolling up into West Virginia, coming into our minds. Yes. <laughs> our minds, our call. Our cold. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna work those minds. Thanks. Fracking, fracking our seams. I don't know what you. Some fra- people are wanting to stop the fracking. Are you hearing about this? Which is which? Which wild to me? Give me that gas. This show got so political. I mean, that's something that we could all find common ground on, right? <laughs> yeah. So this show has started. The show has already started. This is no longer. I like to call fracking cool fuel. (laughs) Okay, you know what I call it? Mountain Dew, (laughs) because it's right. Mountain Dew cool fuel. Love that stuff. It's right there. (laughs) Can't build a skate park on top of a mountain unless you cut the top off of it first. That's all I'm saying. Cool fuel. I'm gonna power my car and heat my house with earth farts. My heart goes out to Jelani, who now has to uh, choose between a hypersexual nightmare before Christmas bit and a uh, a full throated uh, endorsement of fracking. <laughs> Why not both? <laughs> 
My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the scariest games of the, the creek. What? The creek. I was trying to do like a like a creaking floorboard. The mm. scariest shames of the creek. You know, like that or. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know why it would be shame. This is Griffin McElroy, and I know the scariest game of the week. Uh, my name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I know the most ghoulish game of the week. My name is Gross Gross Rustic, and I know the best game of the week. Did you call yourself did you bungle Gross? your own name? Yeah, I fumbled my name, but then I said ween instead of week. Oh, of the ween. Yeah. Mm, cool. Good. It's Powerful. This is an episode. That's what they call it on TikTok. <laughs> the ween? Yeah, the Wayne. Uh, thanks for <laughs> thanks for joining us for the besties. This is a uh, roundtable discussion of the latest and greatest in home interactive entertainment. It's the only podcast with the guts to never do the intro the same way twice, <laughs> and we are continuing that powerful trend now by easing you into not a discussion of the single hottest game of the the week. But a uh, a little bit of a uh, a survey of of the state of scary games as they're out there. We are going to be focusing on uh, phasmophobia. Chris Plant, can you tell me a little bit about it? No, I can't. How about you <laughs> tell me a little bit about it? All right, look behind you. Do you see the ghost? Oh my gosh! You just played phasmophobia, my friend. <laughs> We're going to talk a lot more about it right after this break. <laughs> You go get a phone, you just want a phone to talk to your friends and family, you're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts, and you get ripped off, because you got all this fine print little details, and all of a sudden, they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. They're wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Chris Plant, were you, and be honest, too scared. To play uh, phasmophobia, absolutely. I don't okay. play uh, outside of PT, which I was a real big boy for. Yeah, um, I don't play scary games because I'm a scaredy cat. Chris Plant, this is the third week in a row that you have not played our assigned besties <laughs> game. Are you about to yoko on us? Because you have to tell us if you're going to yoko. No, I. Here's the thing you might not know: uh, it, it, two video game consoles are about to get launched. What? And I have to oversee a website. <laughs> that- that doesn't seem likely, Chris Plant, because it seems like I would have heard about new games coming out for them if, <laughs> if two new consoles are coming out. That's that's true. Um, I can t- I can I think I've probably played the most Phasmophobia out of anyone. Go for it uh, ever. in the world. I'm the pro the pro the real pro gamer of Phasmophobia. 
Uh, Phasmophobia is a uh, first-person horror game uh, that is available on Windows PCs. You can also play it in VR, which, uh, in I guess, full fairness to Chris, I have been too chicken shit <laughs> to attempt because just the regular old playing it on my, my old widescreen computer monitor is enough to actually genuinely make me quite scared. Uh, mm. It is a ghost hunting game, uh, although I feel like that uh, terminology makes you uh, imagine a thing like a ghost buster. Yeah, Dan Aykroyd. A, a Dan Aykroyd. It's more like the, the the cable shows, the like learning channel. It is like ghost much hunters. more like, go- what is it, Ghost Adventures, I think is yeah. the one with- uh, Any permutation of, of ghost and- Verb, you're going is going to. It's going to uh, get you there, but it's going to get you there. I think Ghost Adventures is the was like the first big one that I remember watching, where three fratty idiots go into <laughs> say an asylum, and it's like, fight me, ghosts, and that's basically <laughs> what they do. No ghosts are slain or trapped in crystals or banished with salts or whatever they just kind of go and rile up some ghosts uh in this game we should mention though in those examples there are no actual ghosts it's just idiots in a room do you mean in ray are you feeling like we needed to mention the fact that ghosts aren't real here on well no is that what you wanted to get across i would say that you never actually see any ghosts on those shows right the main reason for that russ is going to be that (laughs) that ghosts aren't real is what's going to get you on that quick, quick show of hands uh, raise your hand if you think a ghost is real. A I'm, ghost or ghosts in general? Ghosts in general. I could be convinced, but I'm not currently occupying that space. Yeah, I think the science is still out. In this game, the ghosts are very much real because they will uh, get angry and mm-hmm. kill you. Which they'll they choke do. Griffin to death. <laughs> they'll, they'll, yes, they kind of wrap their nasty, nasty hands around your face, and then you are dead. Um, so there's, it's a cooperative game. There's a team of four. You go into these haunted locations. Uh, you use a variety of ghost hunting tools to uh, discover where in the house this spectral energy is concentrated. And then you gather evidence, three pieces of evidence, to determine what type of spirit or wraith or poltergeist or demon uh, you are dealing with. Um, yeah, that Should is we the talk main through, objective. Like, the experience of like Justin. So Justin Griffin and I had a multiplayer match. Yes. Where we, where'd we go into like just a random like suburban home? There's a lot of different sort of houses of various like layouts and sizes. Uh, there is a school. Uh, there are a, a, a different number of maps of like increasing size and difficulty. Uh, there's a leveling system, so as you progress through the game, you unlock new tools and you also unlock more difficult maps and uh, uh, you know difficulty settings. In the situation that we were in, mm-hmm. we walked into the suburban house, and and you know I was running around with a thermometer. I think Justin had like a camera <laughs> that he placed down on the kitchen table. Griffin was doing like EM reporting shit throughout the house. And eventually we found that the kitchen seemed to be pretty damn haunted. Yeah. All the things were spiking and um, we got really scared. Yeah. So there's a sort of setup phase for five minutes. Whenever you arrive at a location, you have five minutes before the ghost will become aggressive. And you use that phase to locate the haunted area and start setting up in that Mm -hmm. area, which is a really cool, like, idea um because it's it incentivizes like trying to be strategic and spreading out 
uh, as soon as you roll up into the house and then like going into a fairly tense like detective mode um there are uh, i think like five or six different kinds of evidence that you can get so you can uh using the thermometer or just looking at your breath you can find freezing temperatures so you find that and you mark it in your journal, right? Uh, if the you have an EMF reader, that will almost always detect the ghost. But if it hits like super high levels, then that counts as a piece of evidence. Uh, there is a book that you can lay down, and if a ghost writes in it, that is obviously evidence that the ghost is there. Um, mm. So there's using the three pieces of evidence, you figure out what type of ghost it is. The different ghosts have different ways of pacifying them, different ways of pissing them off. Almost every ghost gets very angry if you say their name uh, because the game uses voice recognition over voice chat, which is a really cool thing. Um, There's a spirit box, which is like a radio that you ask questions of the ghost. uh, And there's like a preset list of questions that that will work. Things like, uh, how old are you? Uh, and sometimes they will respond through the spirit box, which is pretty creepy every time. You're like, how old are you? And you hear like, adult. You're like, okay, that's evidence, it's evidence, it's evidence. <laughs> that um, is a weird thing to say to that question, though. Uh, oh, I, I have a question. All right, that's, how, that's what three kids in a trench coat standing on each other's shoulders <laughs> say <laughs> when they're fair. trying to buy booze. <laughs> what What do they write in the book? Like, do they blog? Like, Yeah, they write sort of about their, their emojis. No, it's like... Yeah, they, they don't just, forget to drink your Ovaltine. Yeah, <laughs> it's like creepy, pa- creepy patterns for the most part. So anyway, five minutes ends, and after that, sort of the grace period is over, and then the like ghost activity will begin to get pretty wild and then the ghost will occasionally enter a hunting phase and during that hunting phase typically the front door of the house shuts and locks and you have to find a place to hide and stay safe until the ghost activity ends but while the ghost is hunting they will like manifest you can take pictures of them there are like Mm -hmm. side objectives like take a picture of the ghost uh stop a ghost from hunting you by like using a crucifix uh things that are pretty high risk high reward and the more yeah, of those objectives those. you you fulfill the more money you get um and yeah th- there's this really cool idea in the game where you use your money between missions to purchase these hunting tools that whenever you like join into a lobby you add from your personal inventory to the like the hunting vans like inventory uh, and if you die you lose all that stuff uh, there's insurance on the lower difficulty settings where you can get sort of a refund for some of the things you lose when you die. But like, it really adds a lot of tension because it's it's kind of hard to get enough money to like have a good stockpile of hunting gear. And if you die and your party wipes, like you just lose all that shit. Yeah. The um, um so the time that we played with Justin and uh, the time I played with Justin and Griffin, um, we found a shitload of evidence. We were things were doing great. And then we wanted to just see the ghost because, like, where's the fun in just, like, taking pictures and checking the temperature of nothing? So, as Griffin mentioned, you can say the name of the ghost and they'll get angry with you and attack. Uh, We tried a lot. Yeah. Well, (laughs) we were also playing in the very first level on the lowest difficulty setting. So, it is that is the level that, like, (laughs) is the training level that uh, has, like, hunting turned off. Mm. Uh, which I don't think it was in the specific mode we were playing, but it is not surprising that it it went down like that. Although it is hysterical to see three grown adults walking around a house with flashlights and cameras just yelling, Richard Martinez! <laughs> Richard Martinez! <laughs> Tricky Dick Martinez! Uh, we, Rich- yeah, we did start switching to Bobby! 
Maybe he prefers it was Robert Miller. Robert. He prefers Bobby. Bobby Miller. Bobby Miller, the idiot ghost who got killed like a dum dum. Uh, yeah. It, uh, if it, I can get, if I can offer a the opinion of someone who did not play this game a lot uh, and did not <laughs> was not fully indoctrinated into it is, uh, in my humble opinion, uh, if you are looking for something a bit more casual or something that's easy to jump into, this is not that. It is still, I think. Uh, a decent way away from being ready for prime time. I know a lot of people are, are getting it is, into it it's and, early and sort of overcoming that, but yeah. it's like it's early. Like if it's you, jank if as you, fuck. We could be pretty direct. It's jank and as it's fuck. yeah. There's a lot of really bizarre. Even the basics of like picking things up and setting them down and stuff is like is just very weird and unintuitive. Um, it feels more like three bumbling idiot ghost hunters who are like dropped their camera and that fell in the crib oh no i dropped a damn <laughs> crucifix in the toilet i gotta come get it because i pressed the wrong button it's also funny because if you try to look down and pick something up if someone is looking at you at that point oh you are body. bending at the waist at a 90 degree angle Ooh. it's hysterical the it animations is- are not great um two things it is there are uh for its its uh earliness there are so many cool ideas here that i understand this game is if you if you don't sort of pay attention to this stuff is like hot as hell right now like it is uh up there with among us in terms of like the thing that everybody's talking about right now i think part of that is because like if you go on youtube and type in like pha you're going to get flooded with like youtubers screeching uh while playing this Mm. game and fat farm clothes and that too, yes, thank you, Russ. Uh, but the the it, it, for its earliness, there are so many cool ideas. There is a van right where you start out each mission, and it's kind of your safe spot where the ghost can't get you, and it's where all the tools are. There's a interactive like computer monitor that you can watch all of the cameras. You can get head cam- head man- mounted cameras later, so you can just see the first person perspective. And that's not only like like a cool effect like you are looking for spirit orbs you are tracking everybody's sanity levels you are tracking ghost activity in certain parts of the house you're looking at all the deployed sensors so there can be like one person who just hangs back and is kind of the operator which is always mm-hmm. such a cool idea uh, but the other thing is like I don't know that it's ever going to be super intuitive I think part of the game that that makes it cool and this sounds like apologetics but like the thing that is cool about this game is that it is kind of it, it is not completely codified like every single thing that you do like i mean i would yeah i I I would like to be able to know the buttons to crouch that's obviously not what i'm talking about i'm talking about like even if you are experienced at the game you can't just roll in with a winning strategy every time because like the ghosts behave a little bit differently and the like the area that they're located in is a little bit different and uh things like what trips their their hunting phases and what makes them super aggressive and like you can lay down salt but it's it doesn't ever it doesn't feel like everything works all the time which feels yeah. kind of realistic to like how it would real work. ghost hunting real, uh, yeah. I've, J- Justin, i feel yeah I, I i i know that you played another game this week that is not yes janky from what I understand, yes. would you would you mind telling me about this one? I'd love to highlight that. I do want to say one more thing about phasmophobia is that the run speed is too slow. Okay, uh, I love and that it. Can be very and no, it's boring. It could be really boring so if you're scary. if you're just trying to get back to. It's not scary when you're in the phase when they're not attacking and you're just trying to walk back to your van and you're just slowly. I'm just gonna walk back to the van, get a crucifix, come back, <laughs> see you guys in a bit. Uh, they need to fix that anyway. Uh, Amnesia Rebirth is the newest in the series of Amnesia games. Is this the third uh, one? I, 
I I'd love to tell you Griffin, but I don't remember. It, so Coco. yes and no. So it's the second one made by the original developer, not including their DLC for the first one. But there was a second one. There was one in between these two that was made by a separate team, um, because the original team of Amnesia went on to make Soma. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is a you know horror game, very light on the like mechanics in the sense of like interacting with the world you don't get like uh at least in the i played the first two hours or so like you don't get a big gun to shoot them or anything uh (laughs) to shoot the scary stuff it is uh in in the first two hours i played um actually much more about like environment i did not play the other amnesia games but i wanted to hop into this one so we could have uh be able to speak to it a little bit uh as we as we talk about scary games uh it's set in algeria um, in 1937, uh, which is kind of neat. It's 100 years after the first Amnesia game, I guess. Uh, and it follows a woman named Tossie, who is a French woman whose plane has crash-landed. She can't find her husband. She can't remember who she is. Um, and her sort of, like, bringing back her memory is the way the narrative is sort of uh, laid out to you. You, you. you see things that spark a memory, and that's sort of how you learn who you are, how you got here, I'll, what you're doing. I'll be honest with you. I have always wanted to play the Amnesia games, but I can't because, as I mentioned earlier, I'm scared. And um, the original Amnesia has a reputation for being like pretty heavy on the jump scares. And I'm not keen on jump scares in horror movies in general. Is that a big thing on on Rebirth? I would say not a lot. When it is deployed, it is uh, good. Okay. <laughs> it is. It is. I I screamed a couple of times, like fully. But was it? It wasn't mean. It wasn't like even that scary. It just was a couple of things I wasn't expecting to happen at certain moments. Like you. Um, so the, the main sort of, uh, uh, at least in the in the sections that I was playing, the main battle you're having really is against darkness from an environmental perspective. You The main thing you're picking up as you walk around is matches, and you have a very limited supply of matches, and you're in a darkened caves, darkened temples, what have you. If you stay in the dark too long, you lose your mind and you die. So you have to sparingly use matches to uh, light your way. Sometimes it's like, oh, there's a candle right here. I'm going to light it so I have like a little bit of breathing room to figure out my next plan. Sometimes you're walking with just a lit match, hoping it stays lit long enough to get you where you need to go. You can watch it burn down, and if you move too quickly, it'll go out. So you're like slowly walking with this single match, like hoping against hope that you find a a lamp or something, a candle, anything that you can light that'll give you a little bit of reprieve. Is is that kind of an artificial time limit on the entire... I'm thinking of like Shadowgate. In Shadowgate, there were only a certain number of torches in the game. And if you moved too slow, you would run out of torches and the game would literally become unbeatable. Is it like on that level of punishment? It doesn't feel like that um because you there are areas that are naturally lit or pre-lit so like make a run at it maybe and it seems like the environment there are a lot of matches around but it becomes this thing of like do i want to stop and spend the time to like search for matches i never had more than seven to give you an idea of like where we're where we're at 
I, I've read an embarrassing amount of these games because I keep trying to build up the confidence uh, to, to play them. From what I understand, you can die in this game, but it doesn't set you back, but it does impact your endings. So, Interesting. So there's like, and I think that's actually more of a punishment than even the first amnesia. I, I think a lot of it is like psychological, but n- there's no real punishment. At the end of the day, it's, it's always completable. I'd like to take a moment to uh, talk about something that is revealed in the first hour of this game, um, if that would be okay with you guys. Sure. Of course. Uh, two minutes. So uh, if you just skip ahead, I'm going to mark myself at two minutes. If you skip ahead two minutes, uh, there will be no more spoilers starting now. Uh, one of the things you discover and you don't discover until you are, like I said, about an hour in, is that your uh, main character is pregnant. Oh, no. And she doesn't know when the game starts that she is pregnant and it is the fact that she is pregnant that is pushing her towards escape how does how did she who tells her in this plane crash situation it's a memory it's the amnesia jogging her memory is jogged and she remembers like oh shit i'm pregnant from that moment on you can press a button to check in on your baby to like Ooh. kind of just check in with yourself Cold. to see how are we doing okay but this is why when this situation is like truly fucking desperate she decides like i'm not gonna die here because i'm carrying this kid so i refuse to die and like that is what that is what the whole thing is is sort of launched uh by wow. and you can do you can check in on that throughout it's this constant stress but as somebody who's a parent like it's 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 cool to see that kind of motivation uh, aside from like something like Vengeance or something we see in other games, and yeah. that is the end of the spoiler section. Um, I did want to mention one other kind of cool mechanic. Um, you have a... It plays with this idea of rifts between realities, and at one point you kind of stumble into a tear between our dimension and some sort of demonic hellscape, uh, and you have this like bracelet on your wrist that has sort of a compass kind of thing on it that will point you towards these rifts in the world and uh, can open these rifts with your bracelet. Uh, it's called a traveler's bracelet, I think. Uh, and and you don't know why you have it. You don't know why it works. You don't know what it's doing. And you're trying to, like, you're uncovering that as well. I mentioned specifically that there wasn't a lot in the way of mechanics. This is one kind of cool way that it points you towards uh, what you need to do next because you have this watch that's attuned to these rifts in uh, in reality. Um, there's also some weird, uh, I-, I will say, like surprising amount of physics that I did not expect, like physics-type puzzles, like yeah. an example. Um, there was a, a elevator that I went and found a crank for. Someone had used the crank to load a crossbow trap. Um, and I went and found this, this crank, and when I started cranking it, um, How did you do that? Was there yanking involved? Russ, I've I'm never sorry. been more disappointed in you. The <laughs> elevator started going up, but I didn't go up with it because the floor had rotted out on this elevator. And the solution that I came up with, and I guess it's the right thing, I don't know. I went and found a long board that would cover the floor of this mm. elevator that I could stand on this long board. And it wasn't like, you have found long board yeah. used on elevator. It was just like, I'm going to carry this around and fucking put it here. I don't know. Um, so there is some like light physics stuff. Those sorts of games that uh, don't give you a lot of weapons kind of lean on this. I, even like Half Life Two leaned on this when you before you had gotten like a huge arsenal. And I think it's like a much more naturalistic way to 
do level progression rather than just like yeah you found like a special item it's neat it's really cool um if, if you know it, it i i want to go back to it and play more but too um, scary too i think scary. it sounds cool i think I, i've been kind of bored by the past amnesia games that i played because they're like you better hide doesn't like that's not my jam like that's not what i'm looking for for a horror game but this sounds like genuinely very cool I'm two hours in, and I have yet to, in an interactive way, encounter an enemy. Oh. Oh, okay. I saw what, there was one time where there was a little jar of uh, uh, oil mm. for my lamp that I that I had found, a lantern that I had found, and I was walking over to pick up the oil for the lantern, and it was next to a, a crack in the wall, and I was walking over to pick up the oil, and this hand shot out and snatched the oil away. No. And I was that was like, okay, well, that sucks. That's, that's actually that's all the enemy interaction I have had at this point. It's much more about implied terror. Yeah. Um, it's cool. Very cool. Okay. So we are going to take a quick break and we're gonna come back and talk about other uh scary stuff and maybe some not so scary stuff. I don't know. It's our show. Why are you getting so bossy? We'll be right back. This episode of The Best of These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames, and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now... You can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, and especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. 
Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. Chris Plant, what's the scariest game you've ever played? Oh, I'm probably like Super Mario, Sonic the Hedgehog. I, I, yeah. No, PT. If I'm being honest, PT is by far the scariest Ooh, yeah. game that I've ever played. Um, but if you're talking about like scary games that I like, I was thinking before the, this episode about what are the things I've played recently that are good, kind of scary things for people who are more like me, who um, who don't actually have the stomach for scares. And I realized there's a lot. Um, I'm just going to list off a few, but I'll, I'll focus on one. Uh, I mentioned Kill It With Fire on a previous episode. That's that uh, you hunt spider game. If you have mm-hmm. arachnophobia, pretty scary. I think Carrion, where you play as the monster, scary game, but you're the bad guy. So not too scary. Scary for, for other people. I think it's, yeah, I, I think it's an anti-horror game. It's yeah. very empowering. Getting a little scarier here. Return of the Obra Dinn, solving a scary mystery. But at the end of the day, you're the detective, right? You know? It's not yeah, that tentacle it, can't actually hurt you. Yeah, it's, it's in the, from past, the past, right? Uh, yeah. And, and and then now we're getting into it. Prey. It's a shooter, but like that you you don't know if that that coffee mug is is a is a is a bad. Okay, that right? is quite scary. That yeah, was I pretty pretty scary. But the game that I want to recommend to people, just because it's a thing that I think uh, the vast majority of our listeners have probably never heard of, is a game called Slayer Shock. Um, did any of you play this game? No. 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 So Slayer Shock is extremely ambitious, um, and it doesn't quite deliver on its goal, but it gets pretty dang close. Um, it is made by Minor Key Games. They made the game Eldritch, which I think a lot more people played. It has this kind of like Minecrafty aesthetic, and it's a immersive sim roguelike. It's very cool. Slayer Shock is kind of the spiritual sequel, and it is basically procedurally generated ish immersive sim buffy the vampire slayer cool Um, inspired by all the like system shock bioshock games this game was made by like one two people um uh david Pittman, i believe is his name um so it's rough like don't expect perfection here but it's also the closest you will find to a like very cool Buffy-ish game, um, and that means like before you go out on your missions, you like are at your like hangout area together um, and coming up with your plan, and then you go to the the school area, or you go to like a collection of uh, suburban houses, or you go to the farm, and you fight vampires with uh, all of your silly vampire weapons. Um, it it kind of rules and. It's, I think, 20 bucks on Steam. It's not super cheap, but relatively reasonable. It's on sale often. I would keep an eye out for it. Um, but yeah, if you're looking for something that you, you've almost certainly never heard of and uh, don't mind something that's a little, a little fussy and busted, I really, really recommend checking it out. Um, Griffin? Yeah. Uh, I mean, my favorite, it's... it's- I, I will admit, not a great game, but I think the one I always come back to is Eternal Darkness uh, on the GameCube. Uh, just because I don't think that there have been a ton of great sort of 
cosmic horror games and eternal darkness has for all of its many many flaws has like a really really cool way of dealing with you know elder gods and uh, it tells a story that spans like millennia of all these people whose lives were touched by uh these big evil unknowable entities uh which is like my absolute shit uh, but that said, it's been a long time since I've gone back and played that. Uh, I, I already mentioned Shadowgate, which I think is a classic. Uh, Until Dawn has a very dear place in my heart, just because I, I love horror movies and I love sort of like, you know, campy uh, slasher flicks, which I think this kind of falls in the uh, uh, the category of. Uh, I've actually. Did you play uh, Dark Pictures? I've not played Dark Dark Pictures yet because I thought it would be more fun to play that with like other folks, and I could just never really get a get a, a squad together. Um, yeah, but we it, are was planning it? on, for what it's worth, playing the next one in next week's episode. Just oh, to oh, we gotta, oh okay, to fantastic. Up a bit. Um, the best, the like capital B best scary game. I feel like is is uh, I I always vouch for the whole soul series as being very scary just because of the the you cannot get much scarier than the risk reward nature that it kind of like invented. Uh, but Bloodborne has that in in a big way, and but is also really scary just because it takes place in a pretty scary environment uh, with terrible enemies who look really gruesome. Uh, and there are, you know, kind of jump scares every now and then. Uh, I think, I think for me, a good horror game has, you know, it, it can be scary, but it also has a setting that feels so, like, cohesive and like thorough and original. And man, God, there's a reason that like people are still playing Bloodborne a lot today and are desperate for, you know, more Yarnum adventures. So. Um, I think that's probably that that one probably takes the cake for me. Uh, I wanted to call out Thief Deadly Shadows. Uh, this is not what I would necessarily call entirely a scary game. It's certainly not a horror game. You play as a thief um, in kind of like a Victorian era uh, city. Um, the game is obviously a stealth game. So most of the game is like you sneaking in the shadows, bonking people on the head, stealing gold, etc. Like normal thief stuff. But deep into the game, there's this level called Shalebridge Cradle, um, which, again, this game came out in like 2003 or four, um, and almost the entire level has no enemies in it. Um, there are like very, very, very few. And so that idea of like you discovering like the history of this place through uh, reading notes and audio logs and, and like recordings, stuff like that, um, was like a really new idea. Again, this is before uh, stuff like Gone Home, et cetera. And I remember playing it originally and it just shattered me, like getting through it was so difficult because the audio design is so strong and every like little sound you make just kind of echoes through this place. Um, and I've, I was just so impressed by it. And uh, I um, since gone on to learn that uh, Jordan Thomas was actually the person who worked on that as well as the bulk of the game. Um, and he's gone on to do work on Bioshock and, a number of other uh, blackout independent club. projects. I'm, I'm sorry. In the Blackout Club, the Black Blackout Club, Blackout is- Club, which is his newest one, and they all sort of evolve from like I think the core environmental ideas that were shown off in the Deadly Shadows. Um, not a lot of 3D games from that era age super well, but because of the lighting and ever- and the like really good audio design, I think this game holds up great. Um, so I'd really really recommend it. It's still on Steam and 
you can get like HD mods for it to make it really quick on that. uh, And sorry, Justin, we'll get into your games right after that. No worries. For all the people who are uh, enjoying the game that we spoke about earlier in the show, Phasmophobia, you should really check out the Blackout Club. That game rules um, and just did not click in the same way that uh, Phasmophobia has. Uh, so if you are looking for a, a very good uh, Halloween-friendly game, I, I definitely recommend that one. Real quick, I have two old games. I don't know. Uh, Clock Tower? You guys play Clock God, Tower? What a fucking yeah. throwback. It's a very scary point-and-click adventure game where, you're, where you are constantly hunted by a uh, a person with scissors named Scissor Man. <laughs> They're trying to kill you all the time. It's really scary. It's a scary idea to have a point-and-click adventure game where you're just kind of like walk around, point-and-click, and get the rubber chicken, put the pulley in it, and then, oh, shit, it's Scissor Man. <laughs> Time to leave. That, that um, came out on, on PlayStation, right? Yeah, I, PS1 I, game, I think. There was a weird, like, early PS1 era that was like Clock Tower, Resident Evil, and Legacy of Cain Blood Omen. Was that the one, the first one? Uh, yeah. And I was like 10 when the PlayStation came out and we had that in our house and we had all three of those games and they fucked me up, man. Those <laughs> games are terrifying. Um, I also wanted to call out, and this is just a personal, I know this is just going to apply to me, but um, Dracula Unleashed was one of the very first uh, FMV games to use like f- a lot of video. Mm. Uh, and it was a like walk around town and try to hunt Dracula I find FMV games really unnerving pretty much all the time. It's almost always unnerving to me to play an FMV game. I don't know why, but having an FMV game where like every once in a while you get killed by Dracula or you stumble upon a dead body that you could have saved but didn't because you did the wrong things uh, is is so genuinely uh, uh, unsettling. There's just this weird jank that FMV brings that kind of like, uh, you know, the one, um, oh, Griff, did you and I play it? It's um, Slayer. Is that the name of the FMV game? Um, oh, Harvester? Harvester, yes. Harvester. That's like a really creepy... It's a, it's a very, very creepy FMV game that is just made more unsettling by the fact that it is uh, poorly crafted. I, I had video. a question, anyway. Justin, about Dracula Unleashed. Yeah. When is Dracula Leashed? Hmm. I mean, when he's been, I guess, recently slain bound. by Simon Belmont. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's he easy. When he's, when he's in his coffin. He's yeah. taking a nap. Yeah. It doesn't mean he can't like do whatever he wants. Not if you nail it shut. Or during some of our more experimental sex play. Okay. <laughs> so that's that's out. That Now that's just out there, and uh, I can't unhear it. I forgot also Dead Space. I've been thinking about Dead Space a lot lately. I don't know about you guys. Dead Space fucked up by making it less scary. You turned into a fucking super cop. <laughs> Dead Space, <laughs> Dead Space the 1 to the rip ass, and uh, yeah. I, I, I would love to get back out up in space. Um, Y'all, I got some questions for you. Yeah. Are you Death ready Space for it? 1 is like, I'm going to use this space screwdriver to kill uh, Alien. Dead Space 3 is like, I got a chain gun that shoots space screwdrivers. <laughs> <laughs> Here's some questions. This question's from Lily. What, if anything, would fill the peachy-shaped hole in all of your hearts, or our hearts? Was it never meant to be? What made it so phenomenal, according to you guys? I mean, I, I'm most curious about the beginning of that question. Is there any type of game that fills that void, or has, has nobody quite nailed that since? 
Yeah, I don't think anyone's nailed it. I think uh, to, it's, the second part of that is what made it so phenomenal. I think it's a, it's a scale thing, a scope yeah. thing. It's so narrow in scope and scale, but it nails that so well um, because like those 15 minutes or however long it takes, I mean, half hour or however long it takes to play through the game is just like every single moment is so precise and thoughtful. I don't think you could ever do that for six hours or 10 hours. It would never be feasible. But that, I think, is why it nails so hard. I, I Again, I could barely play yeah. it because it's so paralyzingly scary, but... The scale and the domesticity. I think, you know, yeah, having a horror game that is set... Yeah, I, I mean, that was the appeal of the original Resident Evil, and nobody lived in a mansion. But this yeah. this made it even more similar to just a very generic, I guess, American house. Um, I yeah, I I don't I don't know if we'll ever quite see anything like that because I think even the real game, you know, obviously you leave the house at the end of PT. Um, there's. Yeah. There's a plan to go bigger, and I don't think that was necessarily the appeal. I know this makes me a bad games industry person, but I'm not technically really in it anymore. I liked PT, but I I do not quite understand why it occupies such a like venerated place in that. Like I know, and this is not this is not me. Uh, yeah, this is not a read on the people on this call. Like it is a it is a widely like beloved game that like people when they talk about like oh god I don't know if I'm gonna get a PS5 because I don't want to lose PT like <sighs> I don't get that level of of yeah I, I I'm not there but it, it it's probably one of my top ten games of that decade I I think for me um it's two things one it's a horror game that it's like you said it doesn't make you uh, wait I don't like horror games like Alien Isolation where it's like the game is sitting still um that i just i just don't have the patience for it i confess the other thing is piecing together the story was so fun both with the internet and i mean even just in playing the game that it was the rare thing that motivated me to keep doing loops and because each loop is so short it was like well i can i'll just do another loop it like it, it just had all of those little hooks that were able to keep me into a genre that I love in film, but just don't really enjoy in games. Um, so it brought me into something that I, I know I would normally like. It's just most horror games turn me off. Yeah, I would be more interested in like the idea of, you know, obviously Guillermo del Toro worked on this. Um, the idea that you bring like a bunch of like well-known horror folks in and you have them all do a game that's only like an hour or two long. And you like bring that all together. Like those are the sort of horror games I'm most interested in because I don't have the stamina to necessarily go through it. And usually horror games, as you know, we've talked about, become you know action games towards the end of them. And I right. kind of you know the most interesting part is usually the beginning. So just having a lot of beginnings would be very cool. Question from Jay: What is one scary game that you refuse to play? Hmm. I, mean, I already said mine. Amnesia one. Yeah, it sort of depends. I, I've played um, the beginning of Resident Evil. What was it? The most recent one, the first person one, um, a few times, just the demo and stuff like that. I can't make it past oh, the right. mannequins moving around. The second the oh. mannequins aren't where I thought they were, I'm like, nope, goodbye, and I just stop. And I thought I can that was never a motion, a motion sickness. Thing. <laughs> also, the motion sickness. <laughs> I refuse to play games that are very like that sort of gothic horror. You saw a lot of it in the like. Um, 
the the Xbox presser. There was the one game. You remember um, the Giger inspired sort of stuff that's very like <laughs> demonic and and like bones and and all that stuff. I find that so complete that that like metal aesthetic. I find that so completely non. Is this where you tell us I, about I the game don't. that you shared with us on Slack? Oh. Oh, Lust from Beyond uh-huh. Scarlet. Yeah, uh-huh. thank God, the Chris. The extremely really... sexual H.R. Giger-inspired gothic game? Oh, boy. It's a it's a psychological horror game with um, uh, occult and erotic themes. <laughs> uh, which means sometimes you put your hand in a keyhole that looks like a vagina. All right, I'm going to... Um, Y'all let me know when he's done. Uh, you're, I'll bring it down here. You begin this one in a spooky club, and you've been lured there by someone that wants to have S E X with a Y O U, uh, and it gets just sexier from there. Basically, you are the sort. You have a special gift that you can see into a demonic dimension, but you can only get there by having sexual arousal so you have to do that to get to the other dimension <laughs> of you have to be sexually aroused. people could be listening to this show is free people could be listening yeah. to anything else right now <laughs> I, mean, I have uh, so i watched the trailer through you know like through my hands does it end with a sexual act upon a corpse uh, it's not a corpse oh, it's, it's not they're not who, dead um, yeah, okay. this is. Oh. I'm going to read you. I'm I'm watching a full playthrough right now. Um, it's not my playthrough, but it might as well have been. And I want to read you some of the lines. That I'll just read them as we go. Um, this is what you get for thinking with your cock. All right, Alan. Please be aware. If you don't follow our instructions, we'll kill you. I'd hate to mess up that face of yours, <laughs> but I absolutely will if you do not obey. The guy is naked, by the way. Mm. Uh, he's he's chained to a bed and naked. Quiet and listen. I will be addressing you as the seeing one from now on. Okay. That is the proper title for those who are attuned to the vibration of lust ga. <laughs> All right. The land of ecstasy and pain. Probably should have added a parental advisory to the beginning. I've of this lured question. you here because I believe your connection to this world is powerful. Um mine's not. We will anymore. try to bring you to lust ga. Mike. To do so, you will be administered <laughs> drugs during sexual arousal until your gift triggers. Okay. By gift, by gift, do they mean their virginity, their treasure, their treasure from the Lord? <laughs> I'm fully dissociating right now. Can yeah, we do idea. something else? Yeah, I, 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 I have one last question. Come get sexy. Very in the, it's in the different direction. Uh, from friend Please. of the show, Fred Wood, uh, uh, we'll wrap up uh, with this question. I'm too scared to play scary games. How do I get over my fear of scary games? And the answer is simple. Don't. Just yeah. there are so many other games to play. You don't need to be brave. Go go play the, the brightest, happiest game that you can find. Honestly, right now, all the better. I love a good happy game right now. I've been playing Pikmin 3, and it's <laughs> such a nice tonal shift from the world around me. <laughs> There's a giant cell phone. <laughs> I find uh, the way that I feel like I got into scary games was I focused so much on the gaminess of it. Uh, mm. I I can't, like, I am, I am the type of person who, 
like scary stuff is is effective on but if you like say you're playing a uh, a soma and you see those scary terrible robots stalking the hallways that you're supposed to creep around and be very mm-hmm. very stealthy and uh you know if they find you they're going to chase you and they might kill you if you think about that like uh, I hope I don't get a game over here because then I'll have to do this whole segment again and you stop thinking about it like this thing's going to actually physically fucking kill me. It really sort of reduces its power over See, you. When I, when I watch movies, uh, I was watching The Godfather and I just kept reminding myself, these are actors. These aren't actions of mafia and this story was written by somebody. In fact, none of it's real. I mean, if you are the type of person that wants to play a scary game but you have a, but you like physically can't. Just if remove you were, the magic. Well, no, I'm saying like uh, I have I have played scary games before. Outlast was a, was a good example of like Outlast sure. was like uh, Outlast was annoying in a way in the, in a way that a lot of those sneaky sneaky scary games are, mm-hmm. um, where it would be like me creeping through this asylum trying to you know make it to the objective, and then the bad guy would show up, and it would be like so scary and annoying that it'd be like I quit, but if you load into the level and you just run right up to the bad guy and let him just kill you real quick so you just get a feel for it like i feel like it just takes it i feel like it makes the game sort of uh progressible i don't necessarily play games like that anymore but i think it is a good way to kind of like uh immersion therapy your way into it yeah i think if you once you learn the rules of the game like that's how i was able to get over the the giant um man in resident evil 2 remake is once i knew that i could move faster than than him at all times i was able to deal with it but before that i was like no fuck this there's yeah. steps coming at me yeah yeah uh hey what else are y'all playing are, are you just it sounds like you've played quite a bit this week have you played anything else i'm mainly like trying to check out like horror stuff um not things that i would say are worth necessarily mentioning um i don't play world of horror that's really cool yeah. but it's it's a little older so i didn't bring it up have they um, added has, has there been can you tell if there's been like updates to that game because they launched it in pretty early alpha phase and there was only like a handful i of... didn't play it initially okay. so I, I i don't have much of a frame of reference uh i'm still still playing hades yeah have you guys beaten, uh, hades lord teach me how to stop playing hades i just want to stop i i beat it this week i beat oh, it credits yeah wow. i beat it and you know what i did after i beat it can you guess chris can you guess what i did after i beat it chris? I played it again i played it again chris <laughs> <laughs> they keep the game is actually monstrous in the way that it continues to be like well you've beat it Hey, there's one other thing that we were kind of thinking about. Maybe you could help us out with. Can you, do you want to reunite the entire world and actually fix things? <laughs> it's like, I've beat you twice. Stop it. You have to clear it 10 times to beat it. And then after you beat it, they're like, actually, we've got some other stuff we got cooking. We'd love for you to check in real quick and just keep playing this fucking game. Uh, I can't stop playing Hades. It. I still, I think, I'm going to say, I'm going to put my foot down here. I'm going to say this. It's the funnest game ever. <laughs> now I know what you're thinking. There's been no game that I've continued to play for this long just because it's fun. Yeah. I think Hades is the funnest game ever. There is- if you get bored, change your weapons. I just discovered two things this week after probably 100 hours of Hades at this point. Uh, I just for the first time found a sack of gold behind uh, Charon. Oh, yeah. Th- oh yeah, that I could go steal, and he was like, "What the fuck?" And we had to fight. Yeah, <laughs> and that was bad. And I just remembered—I guess maybe I knew this initially—but your mirror, 
there are alternate yeah. alternate oh my God. <laughs> perks you could take. Yeah. Literally I had all the all of them completely maxed out and I was just getting all this uh all the what is it? Like shadow money yeah. or whatever and i was like what am i gonna do with all this and then at, at, at one point i was just like i no, looks at the achievement and i'm like oh yeah i don't have half of these perks and i remember that you could like flip to alternate perks yeah and it's not lo- super and, clear and about those. that no um, it doesn't, no it doesn't. no it probably taught me months no, ago the, the mirror is the one but... one thing in the game that i think is pretty unclear uh justin do you know what i'm playing mm. if you say near automata what? i'm gonna lose my fucking mind i'm playing hades Oh, yeah, okay. it's yeah, good, I, right? I, I, Are you enjoying I, uh, the video game Hades? I do runs while I'm on my bike, and uh, last night that it, sounds uncomfortable. No, it, it's, it's it's good. Is that how you use a bike, Chris? <laughs> We've talked about it. You got to just ride it. You can't run at the same time. Uh, yeah, I cut my uh, time down. Got my first sub twenty five minute run last night. Feeling pretty good. Nice. Uh, but here's here's the thing. Everybody in our our email uh, you know, sending us questions and their replies, they're all very nice. They're always saying, hey, like what what's your build, right? Y'all, I've beaten this game a, a lot. I do not plan for builds whatsoever. That, that is the least interesting thing to me. I like just being like the heart wants what it wants right now. I'm gonna see where this <laughs> takes me. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I I do switch my weapon around constantly. I don't have a favorite weapon. I just no. like whatever whatever I need at that point to play through. They're all fun. Um, I don't love the spear. Uh, and then, have you unlocked any of the hidden aspects? I've beaten it the, with the, two aspects. I'm trying to get through it. With, with the hidden ones? Yeah, yeah, the yeah, hidden yeah, yeah. aspect the, on the spear the is fucking great. Yeah. It is it's so wild. wild. Yeah. That it, talk about changing the energy of the game. Yeah. Okay, this is... Listen, just I would just show. talk about Hades, but we can't. We can't we got to move on with our lives. Next week, we're going to be talking about Dark Pictures, Little Hope, uh, which is this this sort of sequel to Man of Medan, which I guess I should play that as well. Um, when is that out? When is Little Hope out? Uh, soon. Before we, we, we record. Well, well, one would hope. Yeah. Um, uh, thank you so much for listening to our show. If you have any thoughts about uh, the, the Dark Pictures saga or any stories from that or Until Dawn or what have you, you can send them to mail at besties.fan. Besties.fan is the link to share if you want to get other people on board with our program. We really, really appreciate it. I was going to say, we are also creeping steadily toward the next-gen console launch of next year. This year, rather. I should say this year. It's happening this year. Uh, next month. Um, so get jammed for that. We will get have more jammed. and more. Get jammed, he says. Yeah, I'm making it happen. Powerful, powerful stuff. Um, uh, so follow us for free on Spotify. Share the link to the show, Fan. And uh, oh, follow us on Twitter at the Besties Pod. You can also find a link there to join our mailing list, which we'd love it if you did that as well. That is going to do it for us, though, for this week. So until next time, uh, be sure to join us again next week for the Besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? The Besties is a Spotify original podcast. In association with Fox Media. The show is edited by Jelani Carter and produced by Ben Hosley. And our theme song is by Ian Dorsch. Besties! Besties.